We, um, we've been looking at a, a series over the last uh, two weeks. Uh, you may know it, but the invite, yeah? Give me a nod if you, you know that it's been the invite. Well, well we're moving on today. We're, we're staying, sorry, with the invite, but we're looking at, at, a, at something a bit different. So the first week, we looked at this idea that actually everyone is invited. When it, when it comes to God's kingdom... When it comes to the invite of God, it is for everyone. I think too often we've heard, and, and sometimes the church hasn't been great at this, we've heard that not everyone is invited, that there's special conditions on who's allowed to be part of it, who's allowed to be in, right? I don't think that's the message of Jesus. When I read Scripture, it's, it's a very different message, and that message is that everyone is invited. Those previously not included are included. Yeah, so we get that. Everyone is invited. The second week, Jacob last week was able to say, sometimes that everyone is invited is this big idea and we don't personalize it. We just think, oh, it's everyone's invited. But actually you, personally, you are invited. Jesus invites us personally to follow him. And so Jacob was able to talk about that invite. This week, I want to look at something that is more a change of perspective on something. So are you with me? Are you willing to maybe change your mind a bit on something or look at something a little bit different? Now, I think if you have been around church for a while or maybe you grew up in church or you've been associated in some way, There's this urging that we invite others, right? You would have heard that at some point. Well, as a church, we need to invite others. And and maybe you've seen that urging more like a bit of a drag, more like a duty that we are supposed to do, right? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Anyone felt that before? I should invite others, but gee, I don't know if I really want to. What a drag. It's a duty. I have to do it. Uh, Almost, yeah, Almost, I hear when someone says, invite others, I think in my head, oh, do we have to? Like, and sometimes that's because maybe the environment isn't, isn't exactly what you want to invite your friends to. But we're going to look at more uh, a shift in our minds and a change of our perspective about this urge to invite others. So we're going to have a quick look at the story we started with from Luke uh, 15, 15. It's the story of the banquet. People are asking, like, Jesus, who's invited? And Jesus replies with a story, a parable, which I heard Chloe doesn't like parables. Is that right, Rev? Is that? This is rumour that started. I think Dan started it. It's not true. Chloe, Chloe loves parables. Um, Luke 15, Hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, What a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied with this story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, Come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I have just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought... Five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant returned and told his master what they had said. His master was furious and said, 
Go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. And after the servant had done this, he reported, there is still room for more. So his master said, go into, out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge everyone you find to come so that the house will be full. For none of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. All right. We looked at this two weeks ago and we kind of unpacked uh, a fair bit of it. But there's a great banquet, an amazing party. God's kingdom is what Jesus is talking about, is this amazing party. And the first round of invites goes out and those people who received those first round of invites, well, actually, they've all got these terrible excuses as to why they can't come to this amazing banquet and party. They've, you know, bought a house or bought some oxen and just got married. Terrible excuses. The master is furious. He sends out his servants. And he sends out his servants to invite those who are usually overlooked. That's the first invite that goes out, is those who are usually overlooked. The poor, the crippled, the beggar, the lame. When they turn up, well, the master's like, there's still more room at this banquet. This party is like, this party is great and there's still more room. So, so servants, can you go out again? And just anyone you find, invite them to this party. Is there anyone who likes being like the bearer of good news? Does anyone enjoy being a messenger and you get to kind of tell someone some good news? Like I enjoy that. We had a moment last week where Susie got to be the bearer of great news to our children It wasn't anything we had done, but Susie got to deliver a message that was great news to our kids. And that that great news was actually that Owen had been born and our kids were so amped. And they found out just before uh, church last week. Um, But Susie got to like tell that good news. She didn't have to do anything. She just received this news that was amazing and she got to deliver it to some people who also thought the news was pretty amazing. That's, that's fun, right? To be the bearer of good, of good news. Imagine if someone was having a wedding. Now, who knows weddings are pretty fun, right? Weddings are Probably the best party you can go to, I reckon, is a wedding. But imagine someone holds a wedding, but instead of the host sending out invites, imagine you got to tell all the people that they were invited. Does, any, does that make anyone buzz a little bit, thinking about that? There's probably some people in the room who are like, people, I don't want to talk to people. But, but for some of us... That makes me so excited to think that someone else is having a party. I get to tell others that they're invited to that party. We know that at a wedding there's going to be food, good food. You know, like most weddings have pretty good food. There's going to be dancing and music. Yeah, that dancing is pretty fun for most of us. There's a... there's fun at a wedding. There's At a wedding, you can drink all the sparkling grape juice you possibly <laughs> could ever think of. Oh, I, no, I won't tell that story. 
that non-alcoholic, what is it, Petridi? I went to a wedding once where I drank too much and vomited on my way out because I drank so much of that. It's really sugary and it was all in my throat. Anyway, and my tie, I'm not used to wearing a tie. It was really tight. Anyway, uh, I wasn't going to tell that story. That's right. I just said that out loud. It came out. You would get to experience in giving that invite the joy you get to experience the excitement of the person receiving that invite, wouldn't you? That's the kickback is actually, I get to invite, I'm the messenger, but I get to experience the joy at the invite. Can I suggest when it comes to God's kingdom and his church, we get to have that same privilege. You get to tell others that they are invited. Sometimes we think of it as a duty. Oh, I have to tell other people. I have to invite them. But it is actually a privilege that we get to tell others that they are invited. I think this is even more special when we get to tell that message and we get to invite those who are usually overlooked. That's one of the greatest joys for me being part of the Salvation Army is that actually that's our message, isn't it? That we get to tell those who are usually overlooked, forgotten, that they are invited, that they are valuable and worthy and that, that, that God is actually inviting them into their kingdom. I love that. Are you with me how it's like a little shift? But it's a big deal in the shift. It's a different mindset. It's not out of duty. We get to invite others. I want to have a look quickly at a, another story from Luke. Uh, this is a, is a little bit, bit earlier. Uh, Luke 5, we'll start at, start at verse 17. If you've got your, your Bible or Mark will put it up on the screen for us, I'm sure. One day, while Jesus was teaching, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat and went home, praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe. And they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. I love this account. 
I love the picture that Luke paints of, of, of this account of what's happened. And, and maybe another morning we might unpack some of the amazing things that happen in this story. That actually Jesus deals with the man's heart first and then he kind of heals him. And there's, there's some great things in the story. But I, I want us to have a look kind of at the start of the story a little bit more this morning. You see, what I think's happened in this story is that there's a bunch of friends. There's there's some friends. And they see what's happening. And Jesus is holding a house party, right? It is packed. People are coming from everywhere to listen to what Jesus has to say. Who knows that when lots of people gather together, it's usually... It's usually pretty fun. There's usually an atmosphere. There's a vibe. And I reckon there's a bit of a house party happening. And these friends see what's happening. And they start thinking, maybe our mate needs to be here. So they go off and they say, let's go and invite our mate. Because he should be here. So after they go and they go to get their, their mate, who is like, of course... Of course I want to go. Like, well, who wouldn't want to go to this, this gathering that's happening? It sounds great, but, but how do I even get there? I, I'm here on a map paralyzed. We hit our first potential dead end before the story even starts, right? Of a guy who is incapable of actually getting himself to the party that he's been invited to and he wants to go to. But the friends are like, well, okay, this could be a dead end, but how about we grab a side of your mat each and we carry you, we make sure that you can get to this party that you, you're keen to go to. So off they go, uh, they get to the house party. They've carried him. But there's no way in. The, the party is packed. The, the house is full. Who knows that's another potential blockage from this guy getting to see Jesus, to sit at the feet of Jesus. But the friends we see in the story are determined, aren't they? They start taking tiles off the roof. This was one of my favourite stories in Sunday school, by the way. Yeah, like... Taking the tiles off the roof. I'm always, I always wondered, well, how did they lower him? Because if he's paralyzed, just dry, he might not feel it anyway. Is, is that like, no, is that just me who ever thought that? I don't know. But they take off the tiles. They take off the tiles and, and they're determined. They've decided that this guy is invited And we are going to do whatever we can to get him at the feet of Jesus. And they lower, it says, they lower the man through the hole. And this man encounters Jesus and his life is transformed forever. Can I tell you, the invite is great, isn't it? I love the bit of the invite. Like I love telling people that the invite is there. But some of the people that we know who want to take that invite, are not able to do it. Maybe through different life circumstances, they may hear the invite, 
But there's a few blockages in the way for them actually turning up physically to a place where they can sit at the feet of Jesus. This morning, I want to urge you that we need to be like the friends, don't we? Are we willing to not only give the invite, but are we willing to move as many obstacles that are in the way so that they can meet Jesus? It could be as simple this morning as we need to pick up someone on our way to church. It could be that simple, right? That could be the one obstacle is transport. There could be multiple things that are in the way. It could be life experience. There could be different, different other things. It could take us some significant sacrifice and cost. But are we going to be the friends who are willing to take those sacrifices? Are we going to be the friends who, when met with obstacles, are we going to do all we can to make sure that those who have been invited have a chance to hear the message? The result is pretty special, isn't it? The paralyzed man gets up and he walks. He walks away not just knowing like physical freedom, but he also walks away knowing freedom and forgiveness as well, doesn't he? Things that have not just the temporal, the the while he's still alive, he can walk from now on, which is pretty good, but also an eternal uh, consequence, a great one. It's pretty simple this morning. It should always be quite simple, I think, but... We have next week an amazing opportunity to invite some people. We have a great feast that's going to happen. Yeah? It's, the, it's a party. Do you know that next week is the start of Advent? I'm pretty sure that there'll be Christmas trees up next week. I don't have any yet, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be Christmas trees up next week. Um, we, we, get to, yeah, we get to celebrate the start of the Christmas season together. We get to celebrate a retirement. We get to, to, to celebrate good news together, the good news of God's kingdom together. We know there'll be food. We can make sure that there's some dancing. We just have to get a bit more into it in worship. There'll be some dancing. But we, we get to invite someone next week. We get to be the person who tells someone that they're invited to a party, no matter who they are. Not only that, but I want us to think about, are there barriers for those people that we're inviting? Do we maybe need to take a different road to church that morning? Do we maybe need to get up half an hour earlier so we can go pick up someone else on our way in? Sure, it's a little bit inconvenient, but it's worth it, isn't it? It's, it's absolutely worth it. I, um, 
I know that when I think about this, I think about it maybe a bit too broadly. I'm like, yeah, of course I should invite some people. Yeah, let's do it. This week I'm going to invite some people. The problem with leaving here thinking I'm going to invite some people is that I'll keep thinking all week, yeah, I should invite some people. So I want us to take a moment right now to narrow down that invite. Uh, Sarah mentioned it. We had a youth and young adult kind of training day here yesterday, which is part of a national thing. Uh, and Dean Clark was here. And just in prayer time, he, he did this exercise with us. Who, who's the one person that I'm going to invite this week? Who's the one? Because we can look at, yes, I'm going to invite lots of people. But, but who are who is on your mind that you need to invite? Who's the person that you're going to make sure they turn up? That you're, they're going to make, you're going to make a way for them to turn up. So we're going to just take a moment to, to pray. And I believe these are the moments where Holy Spirit prompts us. I've never gone into a moment like this and asked God to reveal someone and it hasn't happened, right? Someone always comes to mind that I could invite. Now, can I tell you, this isn't all about next week, but next week is super convenient and it, it makes sense. I, I think I'm believing for a, an absolutely packed kind of house next week. We, we had a lunch a few weeks ago and how good was it to actually just, just see more people together, spend time in fellowship. I love when there's more people around. I just love it. But let's, let's spend some time in prayer and let's ask... Holy Spirit, to just reveal. Who, who is it that we can invite next week? I promise there'll be good food. That's an easy one. But what's even better is that we get to hear next week a message about God's love for everyone, about what God's done for us, that that's not just, that there's, there's healing, there's restoration that God brings. So let's, let's pray. God, we thank you you're good. We thank you that the invite is for all. We thank you that you have invited us personally to follow you, Jesus. We thank you, God, that your plan to let the world know about you, you've decided to include us in that plan. God, I get excited that I get to be a good news messenger that I get to invite those who don't know they're invited yet. In this time, uh, we pray blessing for next week. We thank you that, God, you're in the preparation, in the time of year, in, in everything. We want to see your kingdom grow. We want to see your church grow. As we think this week, who, is our, who do we need to invite this week? Holy Spirit, we ask that you come, that you bring someone to mind. Just quicken that to our thoughts right now, Holy Spirit. Who is it that we need to invite this week? God, we thank you that you're a God who makes a way. We just ask if there are any barriers, may we be like the friends who picked up their, their mate and carried him on a mat to the feet of Jesus. May we have that commitment, the tenacity the, the, to bring our friends at your feet, Jesus. 
So Holy Spirit, bring that person to mind. We pray in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. We have a tool for you to use this week, and they're up on the, the little back counter by the, the coffee machine, and it's a your invited card. It's a tool for you to use. That's why we have them. That It kind of outlines what to expect at church, how things kind of run. There's a bit of information on the back. But this is a simple tool that just like uh, our kids got a party invite this morning, we can hand this to someone and say, you're invited next week to lunch, to this lunch that we're having, this party that we're having. So please grab a couple of them. It might be handy to carry around a few at all times anyway, have them at work, just in case the opportunity comes up. If someone asks, what do you do on a Sunday morning? Look, you're invited too. Does that make sense? Yeah, so I want to make sure that there's no none of these cards left back up there. I've got a supply somewhere, so grab a few of them. Um, like I said, I, I'm believing that the next week will be a significant moment in this church's history. This will be a chance for us to invite. What a, what a season Christmas is. It, it's full of the good news of God. And, and to have our friends or family or neighbours come and hear some of those messages over the next few weeks would be an amazing time together, wouldn't it? It's not a duty. I'm not ordering you. We get to do it. We get to do it. I uh, hope you have a blessed week this week. hope the Holy Spirit urges you, convicts you, keeps pushing you on that name all week. Uh, We'd love to see you again next week for a big party here. All right. Good morning.